Welcome to the latest First Voice podcast brought to you by First Voice magazine, the official flagship magazine of the Federation of Small Businesses and the go-to podcast for news, tips and important information for small businesses. This episode is the first in our new series of regular podcasts titled The Small Business Roundup, in which we'll take a look back at all the important issues you need to be aware of from the past month, as well as highlighting one or two things to look out for in the coming weeks. Uh, To help me unpick the important developments from November and to explain the impact they might have on you as small business owners and managers, I'm pleased to say I'm joined by uh, FSB's Alan Sodi. Alan, how are you doing? Hi, I'm good. Thanks, John. Good. Glad to have you here. There have been a few very big developments in the past month uh, that may well have a big impact on small businesses. So um, let's get straight into those if we can. Um, The first and a topic that really dominated the early part of November was, of course, COP26. Um, And I think, you know, it would have been easy to miss some of the announcements impacting small businesses, given the big amount of coverage that the more headline grabbing issues received. So what were the things that small business owners need to be aware of? Well, I think, you know, for all of the, the, the big global talk and, and the main politicians on the stages and talk of net zero, it's important for smaller businesses to actually bring this whole issue down to brass tacks of, of what can be done within an individual business. What should an individual small business owner be, be looking at, be considering, but also about what, what is the support that's needed and what are the incentives needed to help small businesses play their part in this? Now, we know that the, the significant majority of, of small business owners from the research work that we've done at FSB um, but do believe that the planet is, is facing a climate crisis. They want to do something. They want to play their part. But only about a third have a formal plan in place at this stage to combat climate change within their business. And what we found from our research is that actually it, for a lot of small business owners, it's that they want to do things. They want to take steps. But in some cases, they're simply not sure what to do, how to do it, where to go. And also, there's the resources issue as well, the money, the time that needs to be spent on these things, and therefore the need for support to to get them through this. And I think in terms of practical steps, at the Federation of Small Businesses on our website, fsb.org.uk, we've put a net zero hub on there. There are some articles written by experts on ideas that small business owners could think about, could could look into. It will be different, of course, depending on what your business is and what sector you're in. That's one thing you could take a look at. But overall, there needs to be much more support, including from governments as well. There's also, it's also notable that there is talk of um, a potential future ban on single-use plastics. Now, it's been announced that there's going to be a consultation on that. We think it's important that that is a proper consultation to look into all the issues around that. Certainly, we know from our research that that there has been an increase in things like recycling uh, by by small businesses. If you look at smaller retailers specifically, close to half are already exclusively using packaging that's recyclable, reusable or compostable. But going forward, when it comes to that issue of single use plastics, it's important to look at other issues around the edge of it and and look at look, look at innovation, look at incentives and look at ways of moving forward with that but in a way that's not going to, A, be harmful to businesses, or B, have unintended consequences, including potential uh, uh, other other things that, that would be contrary to sustainability. So there's lots of issues to look at, 
it's positive that there's going to be that consultation. One thing that also has been confirmed recently, and this affects uh, some businesses in England that are part of the business rates system, uh, and that is that FSB had been campaigning for a long time for the government to remove a, a wrinkle in the business rate system in England, which meant that if, for example, a business installed solar panels in their business premises, they would get penalised with a higher business rates bill. Well, thankfully, the government did listen to us on that, and it was announced in the in the recent budget that that would be being changed. So at least there's a, a, a disincentive to do something to green your business that is now being got rid of. Now, that's brilliant. And, you know, coming back to the fact that, that, that many businesses don't yet have a plan for this, and, uh, you know, given there is increasing pressure from, from the government around net zero in particular, use of single-use plastics in particular, and perhaps a lack of any major financial support from government in this area. What measures does does FSB want to see put in place for small businesses? Well, we've put forward a few ideas. So, for example, for example, we'd like to see a new Help to Green initiative. Now, there's already something called Help to Grow, and then that was morphed more recently into a specific Help to Grow digital initiative. We want that to move towards green measures as well. So it would mean that a business owner could get £5,000 in vouchers to spend on environmental products and services. They could be used to fund an audit of their firm's carbon footprint, and that could be coupled with advice on how to reduce greenhouse gas emissions or enable firms to replace equipment and materials to become more energy efficient. Unlike the current Help to Grow scheme, though, when it comes to Help to Green, at the moment, Help to Grow is only available where businesses have more than five employees. Now, we think that that should be got rid of. That should be this Help to Green initiative should be available to all small businesses and the self-employed uh, in the overall interests of people having both the funding and the ability to actually make a, a change and, and find out what it is that they can do. Um, another thing that, that has long been talked about is um, moving towards more in the way of electric, uh, electric vehicles. And when it comes to HGVs, the technology still is not there. Uh, but for smaller business vehicles, then yes, it, there can be a move away from petrol or diesel commercial vehicles. But again, there should be a, a, some support and, and an incentive for that. And we think that there should be um, a, a scrappage scheme, uh, it, which could be rolled out and, and potentially provide businesses with, say, £2,000 for each qualifying disposal. Um, alongside all of that, if if there are to be more electric vehicles being used for commercial purposes, there needs to be the infrastructure to back that up. What do I mean? Well, fundamentally charging points apart from anything else. And, and we hear time and again of the, the, the shortage of those, both from domestic users of electric vehicles and for those who've already moved to them for commercial as well. Um, another issue that we think is is important to look at is for those who are in rented premises and where that may be preventing a business owner from taking steps, from doing things, from making their business more environmentally friendly, where the landlord might not either not appreciate it or, or, or not want it or disallow it. And we think that there should be a, a task force established uh, working in conjunction with Ofgem, the, the regulator, to bring together suppliers, small business landlords and business groups to, to agree how to cut energy use in rented premises. Great. OK, look, moving away uh, a little bit from COP26, another big announcement to come out of government in November was the cancellation of the 
lead section of HS2, given the the whole point of HS2 was to connect the north with the, the rest of the country and to level up the business landscape, as it were. This is a big blow, isn't it? Clearly, when something is changed so drastically at this stage in a massive project when people were expecting it and people might have already been planning around it, it is far from ideal. So it will be extremely disappointing to a lot of small firms and, and not actually just necessarily in, in, in the regions affected, but also because of the wider benefits that were supposed to come from this. And it, it, what needs to happen here is a, a, a restoration of the scale of ambition. So even if that particular branch of HS2 up to Leeds was not going to go ahead, but there needs to be more ambition in terms of connectivity and in terms of improving the, the transport infrastructure across the north of England, but also it's important in other parts of the, the, the UK as well. But it, it, there seems generally with these announcements to have been a downgrading in the, the level of ambition, and that needs to be ramped back up because it's important for businesses. It, part of this was about increasing capacity. I know a lot of people were talking about the increased journey, the, the decreased journey times, but actually a lot of it was about freight capacity, for example. And so, yes, you can look at other schemes. You can certainly look at Northern Powerhouse Rail and beefing that up. But at the moment, it seems from what was announced from the government that there has been a downgrading of that ambition. And where it taps into the government's levelling up agenda, it's important that that's ramped back up again and that it doesn't water that down either. And, and that the four key areas of that are prioritised. That is transport connectivity, but it's also things like skills development, broadband and business support as well. And the savings go towards that, as well as more generally, if there are savings for this to, that are not being put back into direct infrastructure projects, but they can indirectly help by, for example, um, increasing the employment allowance for small businesses to make it more affordable to take on new members of staff and also to take another 200,000 small businesses out of the business rate system, which would help them. But actually, this focus on infrastructure and transport connectivity is important and it should be ramped back up. Yeah, good to hear. It, it, it is important, but there's other measures we'd like to see as well to to level up the playing field for, for businesses up and down the, the country. Um, something the government did launch this month uh, was a new strategy to boost UK exports to £1 trillion. Um, this sounds like good news for UK small businesses looking to grow through exports. What were the details and, and uh, of that, Alan, and how can small businesses take advantage there was lots of quite positive stuff in there and 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 quite a few of the things, things that FSB had been calling for and had been talking to the government about. So we'd wanted a replacement and reform of the, the trade show access programme, for example. And now we've got announced in this strategy a new pilot UK trade show programme. So this would be to provide training and to encourage participation at, at trade shows. And, and, and educating smaller businesses about the benefits of, of exhibiting in those trade shows, plus also potentially help with the costs of attending those as well. And we hope to see from this, and it sounds from this strategy, like some businesses will also receive up to £4,000 to contribute to those exhibition costs, which we think would be uh, we think would be beneficial to them and, and mean that more businesses could either get into exporting in the first place or international trade in the first place or expand their, their footprint and find new markets. It would also be good to have a couple of things that make life simpler, as we would always say. Who doesn't want that? One thing would be a single hub for uh, resources on the gov.uk website. It sounds like something along those lines is coming from this strategy with the new 
export support service. So if, if these measures are rolled out effectively, it will be positive for international trade and for small businesses being, being part of that. Also, we wanted to see uh, more support for paperless trade. And again, it sounds from this strategy like there will be legislation to uh, introduce electronic trade documents for business to to business trade. So some some good stuff in there, some interesting ideas, some of them very directly from, from FSB ourselves. Um, one thing that was missing that we would still like to see is a relaunch of what was the SME Brexit Support Fund. That was to support smaller businesses trading internationally through the, the Brexit and end of transition period. We'd like to see a, a, a version two of that designed to help smaller firms access the technical skills and advice they need to to succeed internationally and to help with the cost of that. We want it to be better promoted than the the original incarnation of it was so that more businesses can access that. And also for it to be targeted not just at those seeking to trade with Europe, but those seeking to trade more with the rest of the world as well. And as more trade deals are done specifically with other countries, FSB has always been campaigning for these trade deals to include a small business chapter for them to be as small business friendly as possible. So it's important to then give that support to allow more small businesses to take advantage of those and maybe find new markets in other parts of the world. Brilliant. Thanks, Alan, for unpicking those major issues for small businesses up and down the country. Um, Is there anything else major that should be on the radar of small businesses as we move into December? I think a lot of people will have in mind the question of what is going to happen with COVID, with the new variant, Omicron, that we've been hearing about and any potential implications for further restrictions. We know already that that, that, that face coverings are going to become mandatory again in certain business settings in England. Of course, in Scotland, Wales and Northern Ireland, to some extent, uh, the mandatory requirement for face coverings in some business settings was never got rid of. Uh, In England, it is coming back in the likes of retail on public transport. At the time that I'm speaking, there is still the need for some clarity about other types of businesses potentially on the high street that, that may or may not be caught up in that so that there's clarity on which businesses are required to, to, to have uh, mandatory face coverings for those going into them. I think there are also some questions as I'm speaking. Hopefully, by the time you're listening to this, maybe there will have been some clarity from the government. And by the way, we will update FSB's COVID hub on our website, fsb.org.uk, with as much information as we we do have. Sometimes in the past from, from the Westminster government, where there have been changes to restrictions and requirements, sometimes the detail has been a little slow in coming. And, and we will always be pushing for as much guidance, as much clarity and as much detail as possible. One thing that I think, as I'm speaking, that there is still some some doubt about is is around enforcement. And what I mean by that is that we we would not want small business owners, small shop owners, for example, to be in the position of effectively having to be de facto police officers with this. It's not their job to enforce the law. Yes, there may be legal requirements that they're, they're, they're required to comply with, but in the end, it's for the authorities to enforce the law. And it would be good to get some clarity on that and where business owners would stand in certain circumstances. We hope, and and we've seen when restrictions like this have been in place previously, that the vast majority of customers are understanding whatever people's views on face coverings or any other restrictions, but that it's not the, the fault of small shop owners or or their staff. And we hope that that very much that will be the spirit of 
customers this time round as well, that they will understand that there are certain uh, requirements in place and that a small business owner is not the person who's making a, a decision over a, a, a law affecting the whole of, of England. And then also beyond that, while of course we hope that circumstances will not reach the point where there needs to be any other increase in restrictions again, but of course it's always a possibility with this pandemic. And it would be good if uh, where the Westminster government has a, a plan for England that they refer to as plan A, plan B, plan C, it would be good to get a bit more detail of what that would look like if, if England did go to those further stages and also what the business support offering would be to go alongside that and how proportionate it would be. That's something at FSB, again, we're constantly talking to the government about. But I'm saying that it would be good, even though we all hope that it won't become necessary, uh, for businesses to be able to have contingency plans, they need more detail on what the plan B and the plan C would look like in more detail, in practice, if, heaven forbid, it came to it. Indeed. Alan, thanks so much for taking us through the, the key small business announcements from the past month um, as part of our new monthly Small Business Roundup podcast series. Really helpful. Um, thank you also to our audience for listening. Uh, while I have your attention, I would just like to remind you that you can subscribe to the First Voice podcast to receive regular updates and guidance on the big issues affecting small businesses. And do please also remember that you can find a whole host of additional webinars, podcasts and other content on the First Voice website at firstvoice.fsb.org.uk. Many thanks. Thank <laughs> you.